If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you, a wonderful good Chodesh. And of course, Shabbos Chazak, we are concluding the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus, Indeed, an extremely special Shabbos on so many counts. But before I get into those things, there's something else I want to talk about. I want to begin the show by talking about a group of people that, in my estimation, are the superheroes of our time. We're all concerned about the terrible war that's taking place in Ukraine, invaded by Russia. And everybody has their own opinions in terms of what's right and what's wrong. But what I want to talk about is not so much about the right and wrong of war. I want to talk about the effects of the war and the people who are suffering, particularly our brethren, our brothers and sisters, the Jewish people in the Ukraine living close to the border, a bit further from the border. And as in every single situation, for some strange reason, the Jewish people seem to suffer more than anyone else. I've been in touch with my colleagues, the Chabad Shluchim in the Ukraine. For your information, Ukraine has about 350,000 Jews, and there are about 200 Chabad emissary families over 35 Ukrainian cities and towns throughout the entire country. And for the past many, many years, since the early 90s, they have been heavily involved in every single area of Jewish life. In most places, this is the Jewish life, whether it's synagogue life, whether it's social services. In fact, Chabad runs three huge orphanages in in Ukraine. For some strange reason, a huge amount of children who don't have parents in Chabad runs three huge orphanages. Whatever activity of Jewish life that takes place in Ukraine, Chabad is at the forefront. And now, of course, with the war, things have turned into an incredibly challenging and difficult time. Many people want to leave. And the Chabad Shluchim have been working very hard to ensure that people who want to leave can leave. It's not an easy thing. The logistics are enormous. I was speaking to a colleague of mine. had to get on a train, a train that normally holds 2,000 people, suddenly have... 8,000 people on that train. A train that takes 30 hours to reach the other side, the other border, which is going to Moldova or to, well, Romania or to Poland. You're talking about extraordinary, difficult activity undertaken by young men and women of Chabad. Many of them had to leave because their own towns were completely bombed out. But before they left, they ensured that their own communities had the opportunity of leading as well. These are the heroes that I want to talk about. These are the people who have taken their sense of responsibility to the nth degree, concerned with their communities, men, women, and children. Now, as you know, most men can't leave the Ukraine because they have been drafted into the army. Men are leaving their children and wives so they can go to safer places. They have to stay behind. I saw a video taken by a friend of mine in Odessa 
where they hired eight huge buses to transport the children from the orphanage out of Odessa to safety to another country. And they're standing there, the young rabbi and his wife, who head up this orphanage, waving to their huge family, eight busloads of young children. And these children are looking out the window. This is their father. This is their mother. We only have to stop and think, what happened over here? In our own lifetime, could we possibly imagine the Jewish people would have to once again endure this type of activity to run from their homes with very little, whatever they could hold in one or two suitcases? It brings back frightening, painful images of something that our parents and grandparents had to experience in those dark, dark years of the late 30s and 40s. This is a time that each and every one of us must be a hero. It's not enough to know what's going on. It's not enough to turn around and say, wow, look at those young men and women, the rabbis of Chabad throughout the Ukraine, who are really working with tremendous mesilat nefesh, with tremendous self-sacrifice, putting their lives in danger waiting until the last moment before they leave, and some haven't even left yet. It's not enough to stand by and admire those people. We have to do something. And while we, living in different parts of the world, there's very little we can do practically to help those people. There is so much that we can do in a greater sense. We can contribute charity. We can say to him, we can somehow enhance our spiritual life so that our spiritual activities brings blessing and strength to those people. After all, we are all brothers and sisters. We are all united. We are all part and parcel of something that is greater, something that is stronger. The bond of our Jewishness has to come to the fore at this particular moment. This is a time when we have to say, Yes, we are brothers. We cannot rely on others. We cannot simply say it is a tragedy. We cannot simply take this moment and let it pass. We have to use this moment to expend our energies every single day to do something, to do an act which indicates that this concern is something that touches me, something that moves me, something that calls me to do something extra, to do something greater, to do something that indicates that my concern is a real concern, that my concern is a total concern. Yes, say a chapter of Tehillim, say a chapter of Psalms on a daily basis, put a few extra coins into a charity box, look around, study a bit more. Do a mitzvah. Do something which indicates that your Jewishness is important because those people running for their lives or hiding in shelters in the basement of shuls, hiding for their lives, you have to realize that we have to reach out spiritually to those people. Yes, of course, we are full of admiration for those people. Of course, our hearts go out. Of course, our hearts go out to all the people in that country. But we have a tremendous responsibility and duty to do something which indicates that we have to do something 
extraordinary. We have to do something that indicates that we are connected, that we are bound up, that that plight is our plight, that that life at this moment is our life at this moment. We cannot sit in our comfort from a distance and merely sigh and merely feel bad. Activity is what it's all about. If anything that history has shown us, if anything that history has taught us, if anything that history has proven, it is that we have to extend our brotherhood in practical ways. And while, of course, we aren't politicians, we aren't soldiers, but we have neshamas, we have souls, we have the spiritual strength to do things. And Hashem, God listens. God listens to our prayers. And when God sees the Jews throughout the world are expressing their concern, not only in vague terms, or perhaps, God forbid, in meaningless gestures, but doing something practical, doing something real, something which indicates a tremendous sense of concern. And this is why, when I take a look at my young colleagues, and perhaps colleagues almost my own age as well, who are doing these enormous feats of self-sacrifice, risking their lives, saving the lives of others, taking thousands of Jews. And when they arrive in new places, the Chabad emissaries in those countries, Poland, Romania, Moldova, Germany, welcoming them, bringing them into their homes, into their centers, and giving them a place of refuge. This is something to be admired, but we have to show our admiration, not only with a sense of emotional gesture, but with a practical gesture of prayer, of tzedakah, and Torah study as well. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. And as I mentioned earlier on, it's a very special day a very special Shabbos. Today is, as I said, it's Rosh Chodesh Adar Beis, the second Adar. And it's Rosh Chodesh, the second day of Rosh Chodesh. And as we know, we've been talking about it for weeks. The month of Adar is a month of intense joy. And while, as I mentioned earlier on, it at moments a bit difficult to feel that joy, to experience that joy, as we look around the world, particularly in the situation of Ukraine, we feel something less than joy. But the truth is, what is joy? Joy is clarity. Joy is a sense of knowing that the hand of God is there at all times. When we believe in the concept of Hashgacha Pratit, of divine individual providence, it's not only that, well, everything has a purpose, or everything has a meaning. Every single action, every single movement, every single gesture, every single item, every single point in time and space, every single thing is directed by God. And while we may not see it at all times, while when we look at the world, we can sometimes become confused, bewildered, and we begin to say to ourselves, how could this possibly be? When we begin to look closely, a combination of knowing and faith, and we begin to see the hand of God in everything, that is 
the key to joy. And when the new month of Adar, the second Adar, the Adar that contains the festival of Purim and Shushan Purim, that tremendous day when the people were going to be wiped out by evil Haman, and miraculously, through the efforts of Mordechai and Esther, and in fact the entire Jewish community at the time, through their efforts and their prayers and their overtures to God, Hashem created this incredible miracle. Benabahu, a tremendous transformation from beginning to end, from in, imminent and total disaster, came complete and total blessing. That is what Purim is all about. That is the joy. And the joy is not only the moment when we see the blessing. The joy is also when we begin to understand that the blessing can and will come. That even though things might look bleak for a moment, things might seem dark for a moment, we know that the hand of God and the presence of God is there. And even though it says that I will hide my face, it doesn't mean, God forbid, that God isn't there. But for whatever reason, there is a moment, a moment that we don't see with clarity what in fact God's plan is. And faith kicks in and trust kicks in. And this is something which creates a tremendous sense of inner joy, which is expressed with an outer dimension of joy as well. And this is why on the day of Rosh Chodesh, on the day which encapsulates the entire month of Hadar, a month that we are told Marvin Basimcha coming after a full month of Simcha. Can you imagine the energy of joy that is available today, that exists today? And all we have to do is to receive it. This is something which is so important for us to understand and something that we don't really use as much as we can. Sometimes we begin to intellectualize things to a degree that we understand things well, but we don't allow ourselves to feel, excuse me, we don't allow ourselves to feel that which we know. It's important to develop a sense of feeling as well. Intellect is extremely important. To understand, to know is essential. But that knowledge has to create a sense of excitement, of passion as well. That knowledge has to create a feeling, a feeling that carries us to a higher level as well. And it's that combination of intellect and emotion coming together which creates the sense of joy that I'm talking about. Intellect on its own can be cold and calculating satisfying to a certain degree, uplifting to a certain degree, but it's not complete, it's not total. It doesn't carry us fully as human beings, because after all, we are a combination of intellect and emotion. On the other hand, emotion on its own can sometimes take us to places that we shouldn't be. We need, we need the concept of intellect to guard against emotions that can distract us from what in fact truth is all about. But when we have the healthy combination of intellect and emotion, this creates a tremendous degree of inner joy expressed on an outer level as well.
And when this takes place at a time such as Rosh Chodesh Adar, the month that is filled with the divine energy of joy, all we have to do is receive it. We don't need extensive insight. All we have to do is allow it to enter into our consciousness and it'll be felt. Just as the moon appears, and you've often heard me say it, as a very thin crescent, it's a gesture, a suggestion of light that begins and it grows and it develops ultimately into the fullness of the full moon. Similarly, the divine energy that is available at this time is extraordinary as well. We have to allow it to enter into our being. We mustn't, we mustn't stop it from entering into our being. How do we do that? This is the idea of Torah and mitzvahs. When we observe God's will, by doing that which he wants us to do, these become the vehicles through which, the pathways through which, this energy flows into our consciousness, into our emotions, into our intellect. It uplifts us. This is something which is so important to understand. As you know, we have two year cycles. We have the sun cycle. We have the moon cycle. The sun cycle, which begins on Rosh Hashanah, the moon cycle, the month cycle, which begins month of Nisan. The end of the month cycle is the month of Adar. And this is why the end of the month cycle of the year contains with, with it, within it the tremendous energy that has been built up throughout the entire year. It's not only a month of intense joy. It's a month of great fulfillment. It's a month that we have put in so much energy, so much strength, so much of our own efforts. And as you know, each month has its own character. Each month has its own dimension, its own flag, its own color, its own tribe, its own language. Each month has its own presence. And each month we work through those ideas and we fill it with those incredible gifts that God gives each month. And as we come to the end of the month cycle of the year, which is the month of Adar, it's the joy, the sense of conclusion, the sense of ending. We've done something great. This is what we should be feeling at this time of the year. This is the time of the year that we look back and say, we have done well. We have put so much time, so much effort, so much energy. We have identified so many different dimensions of the various months that we have experienced. We have done great things during this year. And as I said before, this has been a year of many challenges. But challenges aren't necessarily bad things. Challenges are there to bring out deeper and greater strengths that we possess. Without challenges, we go along a flat, straight line. It might be satisfying for a while, 
But after a while, it does become, well, ordinary and boring. What is a challenge? A challenge makes us deeper into our psyche, into our hearts, into our minds. It brings out strength. It brings out tremendous dimensions that otherwise we would never know that we possess. This is what happens when we come to the end of a year, whether the end of the year before Rosh Hashanah or the end of the year in the month of Adar. The end of the year before Rosh Hashanah, Elul, is a serious time. It's a time of teshuvah, of repentance. It's a time that we're preparing to stand before God is the judge, etc., etc. However, the end of the month year, which is Adar, is a time of festivity, of joy. It's a time that we feel altogether different. And this is something that we should be doing while our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world can't feel that joy. They're running for their lives. They are going through tremendous situations of difficulty, of challenge, perhaps overwhelming them. We have to exercise that joy with far greater dimension. We have to bring that joy into the world while others at this moment can't. Yes, this is our responsibility. This is our duty. We can, while others can't. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about, well, we're talking about the month of Adar, Rosh Chodesh. We're talking about intense joy. We're talking about the excitement of what this month is all about. The Parsha this week is Pekudeh, the last Parsha in the book of Exodus Shmot which makes it, of course, Chazak, the Shabbos of Chazak, whether the ultimate, penultimate portion that we read, all call out Chazak, Chazak, finish Chazak, be strong, be strong, and we should strengthen others as well. And as we know, when we conclude a book in the Torah, it's a time of intense joy as well. Mentioned earlier, when we conclude something, we take tremendous pride in the fact that we have gone through an entire section of something that is holy and something that is good. And not only that, but we have brought together an entire section of Torah from beginning to end. And how does the last Parsha begin? It begins with Pekude. And what is Pekude? Pekude is Moshe gives a tally an account of all the materials that he used in building the Mishkan. On the one hand, he wants to tell the people from a transparency point of view, from an honesty point of view, this is what was contributed and this is how it was used, which in fact is what leadership should be doing. They have to be honest, they have to be open, they have to share with the people what in fact was done and how it was done. But it goes deeper. Pikude indicates that each and every single thing that is used is important. And as we go through the parsha, each and every single item that was made and used, each and every single thing in the temple had tremendous value and tremendous importance. Nothing was extra, nothing was redundant. How does the book of Exodus begin? These are the names 
of those who came down into Egypt, the names of those who came down, each and every single individual. What is it all about? Everyone and everything is important. Everyone and everything has a purpose and a place. No one sits on the sidelines. No one is there as a spectator. No one is there because they just happen to be there. Everything is taken into account. When God created this magnificent world, this incredible creation, each and every single detail was given infinite purpose, without which the entire structure could not be fulfilled. The house of God, the Mishkan, the tabernacle, unless each and every single detail was in place, it was not perfect. And if it was not perfect, it could not serve as a house for God. Each and every single thing had to be done, had to be done according to the specific instruction of God. And the artisans who did it had to do it precisely as they were told, because each and every single thing has a purpose. This is how the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus, ends. It ends with telling us, this is the account, this is the detail. How does it begin? These are the names. This is so important for us to understand. Why? Because this, too, adds a dimension of joy. When a person realizes that they're important, they have a purpose. They're not just here. When a person realizes that everything that they possess, everything that they have, every bit of energy, every contribution, everything that they do, everything that they build, everything that they make has a purpose, this gives joy. And when these things come together, Chazak, the end of the book of Exodus, the end of the book of Shemot, Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Adar Sheni, when it comes together, all of this comes together at this time. This should give us a tremendous feeling of excitement, of joy, at an altogether different level, at a much higher level. This is something which prepares us for the month ahead, the conclusion of the month year, so to speak. We've done well. Yes, as I said earlier on, there were challenging moments. There were difficult moments. There were times that things looked pretty bleak, but there was always the faith. There was always the trust. There was always the certainty that God's hand was involved. Each and every single one, each and every single thing had a purpose, had a greatness. So when you're in shul tomorrow, and again, I encourage you to come to shul. It is a safe place. Come to shul. And when you hear the Torah read, listen to every single detail. And when it comes to the penultimate portion, and everybody stands out, say with joy, say with passion, at the top of your voice, chazak, chazak, v'nishazek, let us be strong, let us be strong and strengthen others. And give a moment of thought to those courageous souls in the Ukraine, those who've left, those who've left their homes, those who are going through truly challenging times, and those who have stayed and living a life of tremendous self-sacrifice. And share with them on a spiritual level. Share with them strength and share with them joy.
Have a good Chodesh and a good Shabbos.